Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, all right. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the PHNX Rising Podcast. Hope y'all are doing fantastic after quite the Saturday of the stadium opener. My name is Max Simpson, and I'm joined by a man who is not watching the closed cup, the Ajar Cup, the Askew Cup, but he's watching the Open Cup, Mr. Owen Evans. How we doing? How long did you take to think of that one? I'm going to be honest, you came up with it about a minute ago. Come up with about the fly. About a minute ago. All about a here. minute ago. Did, you, did someone buy you a dictionary for Christmas? No. Uh, well, first off, you're actually thinking no, about a thesaurus, true. buddy. Get your textbooks right. Well, dictionary as well. You can look uh, multiple things up. Uh, I mean, your birthday was this week. Mm, you could have been given a thesaurus for your birthday. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, uh, yeah. I, I wasn't. I, mean, I just have it all in here. Hey, it's... How was your birthday? It was good. It was, it was, good. It was very good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm another year uh, wiser, another year uh, more seasoned with the advertising transitions. Uh, really, it's just also debatable. all great content from here. But uh, <laughs> no, it was, I appreciate you asking. It was a very good birthday. Um, I'm not really a big, like, me and me birthday guy. So, you know, just kept it low key, had a little dinner. Um, Italian, for those who, Italian. Uh, who enjoy a little... Uh, uh, is it actually it? Italian Rizzotto? or is it like American? Like, what do you mean? What do you? Okay, see, there was okay. A... No, no, no. It is there was Italians eating there. A lot of Italians eating there. A lot of um, what type of risotto? What's that? What type of risotto? Ooh, I don't even know what type of risotto. It was like a lemon cream. It was like a lemon, a lemon cream sauce. Very good. Risottos. Top tier. It is quite good. Yeah. It's not for everyone. People like to go for the angel hairs, the linguinis, et cetera, et cetera. But we like all types of pasta and whatnot in this establishment. Um, speaking of what we like in this establishment, got a lot of things to get to. We do. We do. We yeah. do. Yeah. We do happen to like to talk about Phoenix Rising as well. We sure do. Yeah. We should. Mm-hmm. You know me, man. I'm going to steer us off skid. You kind of get us back on and we'll kind of play that roller coaster as it comes up. But yes, we want to talk a bit further diving into Saturday's performance. Um, we went through a lot. There was a lot of stuff that happened before the match with all the pre-gaming festivities, the tailgating, everything like that it was awesome. Thank you, everyone, again, so much for um, joining us, indulging in such a really cool moment. And, you know, taking a bit of time to uh, digest everything that happened, I'm curious if your opinion of how Rising Fair changed, the results, or anything like that has shifted because me personally, I still think in retrospect... That they, I mean, they were like by far the better team, even in the periods where they were not dominating possession. I think my my view of that game has honestly gone more favorable over time. And I'm, I'm upset that we drew. I'm more upset that we drew. I wouldn't say they were by far the okay. best team. I okay. think that's where I, I'd kind of draw the line a little okay. bit. I don't think that by far Phoenix Rising dominated that game by, by most metrics, right? Okay. Yes, they probably had a few better chances, um, but it wasn't. As, as cut and dry as to say, I think that, especially in in the context here of San Diego coming away from home, I think they put in a pretty good 
uh, performance for an away team coming into a relatively hostile atmosphere. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just feel as though overall it, it's it's disappointing in some ways. If you'd have turned around before the game and said, "Should Phoenix Rising just accept a draw today?" I'd have said off the off the bat, "Yeah, yeah, draw would be a good result." It would be great to come away with a point against a team that should be in the top two in the conference, kind of positioning by the end of the year. Maybe not top two, maybe they're third. I mean, I'm sure if, if Harry from San Antonio pops in the chat, he'll argue that actually it should be them and uh, and Sacramento probably up there. But but look, giving up two goals when you're 2-0 up, that's not great. It's um, going up and, and Michael, saying in the chat, Michael no way we should have given up no. a two-goal lead in that atmosphere i'm gonna i I get what you're saying like logically a team especially that beat us three nil two weeks prior even though we had a very good performance that many would say were the better team i disagree man i mean listen maybe i'm over hyping the atmosphere and you're leaning and maybe i'm leaning too much on that and putting too much into that aspect but no man 100 i think that's a game you go in and you like your chances it's very difficult to beat a team twice in especially in a span of that short of a time Mm -hmm. and i think it's it's not me being overly critical of the team because it's tough to loot to gain that two goal advantage and then let it dissipate. And again, I think a, a draw is better than a loss, but it's just it's hard done by. Like I'm very uh, I'm bi- I'm more bitter about that draw than I was in the moment. Yeah, I I, eh, I, I mean I, I'm still I'm still going to come out with this. I think there's big positives in that performance. I think that it's moving in the right direction. I think it was in mo exactly what this team can be when it becomes what Juan Guerra wants it to be. And I don't think that we can necessarily say that about the previous two matches. I don't think that against uh, San Diego Loyal away from home, Phoenix Rising ever really managed to turn to, you know, turn it up that extra gear and be threatening and be the team that you want to see them be uh, come the end of the year. I think in this game, barring the the mishaps in the second half, giving up those goals, I think they, they probably were the kind of team you want to see, the kind of team that you can see taking any team in this uh, league to, to the hilt. And I think they can definitely threaten if they play like that now going forward. But I don't know. I, I, I'm, still, I'm still hesitant to say they were the better team. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well... Regardless, I think I do agree with you that the team has improved. And I think to me, one of the key ways that they have improved is within their positioning. I think you see it from match to match that they are pushing up higher as a team, not as much as like a full on I would say in a pressing sense as much, but really in how they're building up, they are not just going solely out from center back to center back to outside back, back to center back. They are able to ping it around and they are looking a bit more for that clinical attacking finish. And I think it's something that we really see highlight from game to game in more dramatic ways from their number nine Manuel Artiaga. Right, yeah, and we we have pulled. We we've spoken about this in the past couple of weeks about Artiaga and where he's been positioned in the field. We got his heat map from the last game. Now, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can see it's a lot more attack minded, way more attack minded than any of the others that we've seen. And he's proven that when he does that, he gets his two goals. I think that there's a lot that goes into this mind. It's not as simple as just well. He gets up the field. I think he was getting a little bit better service. Um, one of the interesting things to note when you actually look at it, he's getting the ball from Federico Varela. He's not really getting it from Emil Cuejo, who was the other uh, the other player up yeah. there. And of course, uh, Uzo g- gives him the first assist as well. 
look, overall, I think the key thing here is Arteaga's goals, were they... I mean, we kind of want to say tap-ins in some ways, right? So, the, I think the second goal maybe involved it. a little bit more to it because it sure. was a bit more reaching. Nothing wrong with that. But it's not in a. Uh, it's not as though it was a, a shot from distance. For a, te- for a team that scored one you've goal... You've got to be in those positions. For a team that scored one goal in two matches, I do not care how the goals come. I don't care if it's an own goal. I don't care if it's a penalty. I don't care if it's a tap-in like, like the first one was. Uh, Producer Shane, if we can pull that up one more time. I do want to note like two things very clear. Number one, you see that nice big circle for those who are watching visually. Um, it is right on the six-yard box. And that is absolutely where you want that type of movement to be. Because even if, let's say, Manuel Artaga is not scoring... It is something where he is in the right positions. He's taking up that space and you are constantly putting pressure on the defense. The second point I would like to bring up, and this is something that is very drastically different, is if you look on the left side of that map where he's taking up on the defensive positions, you see that the farthest back he is, is pretty much right outside that center circle, meaning he is not the type of player who should be pressing back and dropping in deep, really trying to get the 11 men behind the ball, behind the ball. You want them on your last defender almost at all times. That's where he's doing his best battles. That's where he is taking up that space. And the fact that even when rising did not have the ball and San Diego was trying to press, he wasn't dropping back super deep. He was always on that back line. So that to me is a very good key and how they were able to switch from defense to offense because he's taking up those high positions up the field. Yeah. And the other thing to note there actually is that despite the fact that he's spending so much time up the field, how many times he called offside? Well, how many times did the entire team offside? The answer was zero in that game. Actually, there were there were no offside calls. You you you, 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 get, you gave me an interesting one. stat that um only where, been called offside three times all year, which is what rising. fourth lowest in, uh, champ- in the championship. Uh, yeah, there are three teams who have been called offside less. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. No, it's yeah. it, it shows it's a uh, it's good. Defense, you know, positioning. I think there's discipline, but yeah. I also think that it's it's probably a byproduct in some ways of the system. Yeah, I was going to say the system isn't yeah. a quick. It's not, it's not like some of these teams you see the very swashbuckling... Ooh, I know, we're using Ooh, the source. You, you started this one. Yeah. Kind of going for it. Yeah. Um, they're not. They don't, they don't play that way. Um, they play very methodical, very measured. Um, and, and so they're not pushing the defensive line back to quite as much, which can be bad yep. at times. And I think we've seen the bad side of that actually in the earlier games. But but more recently, I think they, they looked all right. They looked all right against uh, San Diego in the attack in that last game. I mean, some people would argue, and I know Michael probably argue, and multiple people in our post-game were arguing um, after that match that Arteaga probably should have had a third. Um, it feels a bit harsh to criticize a guy who's put two away but that's fair i mean listen it's fair and i think after that uh that first one was missed we were you know we all kind of were looking at ourselves like shoot but hey my prediction did came true i did say you take that to the ben mgm sportsbook app and i said hey you put some money down on manuel artiaga scoring in fact he was actually named the to the usl team of the week as well as another player as well. Well, that is a beautiful transition into another uh bit of positioning we will on a highlight so you, we saw that it wasn't just our number nine getting forward and taking up good positions. It was also the fullbacks and one fullback in particular. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Uzo actually, and we've got another heat map for you. Uzo. 
Good looking now. Uso's on the bottom of your screen. That's his his uh, touchline. And then Gabby Torres up on the top of the screen there. Um, what you're going to see is the fact that Uso's... Those dots are pretty much all, all the way up and down. In fact, if anything, it feels a little bit more aggressive, a little bit further forward than defensive in some ways because it's going from left to right there. You've got that really big clump right on the byline in that bottom corner. Yeah. Uh, Gabby Torres not getting forward quite as much. He is a little bit. There are there are patches on there, but but the thrust of his involvement seems to be in his own half and just the other side of the halfway line. And that's something that I think we've seen quite a bit from this system. There, there is an imbalance in the fullbacks. Yes. doesn't matter who's playing. Uh, there's always an imbalance in the fullbacks slightly. Um, one of them is going to be that bit more aggressive than the other. The other's often going to kind of stay back they, they can then slot back into the defensive needed um when, when the ball is is turned over so it, it's it's interesting it's interesting to get that look at it um and and really see the contrast kind of highlighted in this way no for sure and to further clarify on that graphic right we said that uzo is everything on the bottom taking up that right hand side gabby torres is everything up top even the parts in the middle i mean it is you can kind of see these guys stick pretty they much solely to their side this is right. something that's different from last year and grand yes different personnel different systems tweaking slightly but my word there is so they man he Juan has those guys playing touching touching the sideline like hugging it it's very uh you you mentioned to me during the gcu match it was almost pep guardiola-esque in how they're looking to approach in a way did i say that you did say that you I literally did say that. that you compare <laughs> you did i can't and, remember and, I'm, saying and uh, granted that. i'm not trying to i'm not trying to call you out it's not like you were saying oh this is the comparison but it was like the idea you did say though it was like that's how you noted that is how pep mm. plays his fullbacks Wow, I've never seen. I can't remember I've never, saying I've never that. Never seen Owen at a loss for words. I can't remember saying that. But all right, you did. All right, um, you did. If, if I was going to BS you, I would come up with something way more bombastic. Listen, so, listen, we might be defending Juan on this podcast. I don't think I've gone as far as to just compare him mm -hmm. to Pep Guardiola. Mm -hmm. you, you did. Um, you but did. I, I'll hot tick, hot tick. Owen Evans compares Juan Guerra and Phoenix Rising to Pep Guardiola and Manchester City. Take it to the bank now. I can see the headlines. <sighs> No, I, I was actually going to follow it up with a serious point no, here, which is that um, when you're looking at that, it kind of says something that we've almost said all along, which is that those two attacking midfielders, they're not wingers. Yeah. Um, the width is coming from those fullbacks. So we're not we're not expecting to to see them put in too, too much. Well, they come out wide because you need a little bit of support for those fullbacks, but... You're not expecting them to be the ones going up to the byline and crossing it in. You're expecting the fullbacks to probably fill a little bit more of that role. No, for sure. And, it, and I mean, I mean, to the point, going really quick back to the Manchester City uh, comparison or parallel, it is quite interesting how they actually, uh, Manchester City had an 88-pass sequence, the longest in recorded history of the Premier League, leading to a shot on target. It was, in fact, a goal um, over the weekend. And it is something that we kind of talked about, how you see a positioning with Arteaga, you see a positioning with these fullbacks, that this is a team where they'll take their shots vertically when they need to but that's really not how they're trying to play no no it's it's in it yeah <laughs> yeah well uh, yeah, i was gonna say i kind of kind of flummox yeah. you on that one no but you it, have you have i still can't remember ever making promise, that comment promise i was there uh but no it was uh it's interesting because as well uzo was also named to the usl team of the week and i mean i think it's very easy to call mm -hmm. out the goal scorer one who bags a brace but 
you it's one of those performances where it may not he show up as Trump much on, it, it may not show up as much on the stat sheet and yes he had the assist but the shift that he was putting in up and down that sideline was it was awesome to see. Well, it's the mix it's, of it, everything, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's the mix of it everything. Is. There was the pace there. Mm -hmm. There was the physicality to shrug mm -hmm. off certain defenders. And there was the technical ability when he did actually get up into those positions, which you saw perfectly exemplified by the assist that he got for Artiaga. When he gets up there, he's perfectly capable of playing that ball in. So when you've got that trio, you can't really go wrong. Yeah, I agree. No, you can't go wrong with that. You also can't go wrong with going to our friends at Circle K, baby. They got all kinds of things you can stock up with through our month of April. They got Polar Pops, iced coffee for just $1.89, Red Bull, three for eight, Monsters, three for six, all different types of things we got going on with them. Um, thank you again for those who did the text to win early on in March when we launched the partnership. Again, keep on the lookout. We are gonna be doing more text to wins with them. Um, and by the way, if you already did the text to wins, be on the lookout because they're gonna send you stuff like a free Polar Pop and other things purely just for texting a number, that easy. Again, keep on the lookout for the other stuff we're going to be doing with them. But to make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff, head on over to circlek.com slash store dash locator. Again, circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. And I'll give you a little spoiler that we are going to be doing a lot of cool content with them uh, in the very near future. And you will, um, you're going to see us in a lot more places. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. So find a uh, circle K and wow, that's a transition. If you're watching on, uh, on uh, YouTube, because I just put a circle K koozie on a four peaks and you can grab four peaks at your local circle K and you can grab a four peaks as well at their a street pub. They got all kinds of great things going on. When we were there at our last Wednesday, I tried something called a tea shot, which was a green tea lager and goodness gracious, it was freaking delicious. It was awesome. It was That's super different. drinkable. That's different. Super drinkable. It was a nice uh, um, hourglassy <laughs> shape. Don't really know how else to call it other than that, but it was a very nice tall drink of water, but it wasn't water. It was beer. Very happy about that. And they got all kinds of great You're things. You're a nice tall drink of water, Max. Oh, thank you, producer Shane. Shane doesn't often produce our uh, pods, but I always do. I always like him when he does because he compliments me, uh, unlike unlike yeah, some of the other yeah, producers. Yeah, you four peeps. Get Jacob. out there. Come on, Jacob tailgating. Franklin. Tailgating. Okay, so. Phoenix Rising. I saw, I saw, I did saw some I did see I saw some Phil peaks. peaks out there. A lot of people have brought along uh, now that they can go drink in the parking lot. And those people have rising. darn good taste. That's... Well, by the way, a lot of people saw what we were doing on Twitter and whatnot. We're going to be doing a lot more tailgating uh, segments and content, you know, for these home games. So be on the lookout. But yes, appreciate everyone who is enjoying a nice, tasty Four Peaks beverage. They know their stuff. They are smart people. And by the way, if those of you who are fans of the other type of football, Owen's favorite type of football, psych. Uh, anyway... There's a new coach, there's a new GM for the Cardinals. They have the third pick in the NFL draft. It's a massive opportunity. Make sure to take in this pivotal moment at the Four Peaks 8th Street Pub on April 27th. Again, those of you who are fans of NFL, join us there April 27th at the Four Peaks Pub. Drink specials, all different types of great things. They also have a new Coyote shirt. Oh my goodness, they got all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. If you are fans of Four Peaks, check it out. Everything they're doing, you must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Gotta love the stuff we're cooking up with Four Peaks. Um, speaking of cooking up, gotta cook up some open cup. We were just yeah. watching three games at once. We were, we were, beautiful. we were. And it now, I mean, uh, Michael actually hinted at it here. Don't don't go doxing cinnamon apple now. Um, uh, Greg Hurst scored for New Mexico United in their game. Um, there you go. More going on. There you go. Not not there. Come on, Max. Don't don't don't. 
make what? it. I mean, I'm happy for Greg, but it's, it's New Mexico. Um, I'm not cheering. I'm not cheering for New Mexico. I'm just. I'm saying, good golf for Greg. Nice yeah, guy. It's good golf for Greg. We good like Greg. That's um, it. Yeah. Greg was a good friend of the pod and came in. That, actually, yeah, yeah, that is all I was saying. Good golf. He did came in oh and uh, came in and visited us at the old trying to, uh, trying studio, to put me in a trying to put me in a hearse. Like yeah, a, we've like got a, a funeral, a, not a Greg hearse. Anyway, uh, boom. Yeah, so uh, open cup, baby. That's we, they're not the same yeah. word. They're not the same <laughs> word, Max. All right. Yes. Um, Piss. Oh man. Piss. Yes. Okay. Well, see the T at the end. Wow. Well, good on yeah. me for getting us off the rails. Let's walk through the history uh-huh. of open cup for those of you who might be joining us who are like, what's the open cup? Again, it's not the closed cup, not the ajar cup. What is the open cup? It's a cup. Yes. When, how long has the Open Cup been around, my good uh, friend? Over 100 years. That's a long-running cup. In fact, the longest in North American soccer. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the oldest uh, knockout cup competitions in football in the world. In the world. Not the oldest. Um, there are multiple that are older than it, but one of the older ones. Um yeah, it was in the 1910s, I believe, it was first held. Absolutely. Well, for those for those who maybe aren't as familiar with how the different pools go in, people are saying, why are there not MLS teams in right now? I know you're missing them. What does that what does that look like in terms of the round that we are about to watch when Rising takes on Greenville Triumph tomorrow? Sure. So to, to give kind of the overview, right? Rising will be entering in the second round. It's where USL Championship, USL League One, and Nisa teams all enter. Those are the and the Seoul MLS Next Pro team would have entered had they not ceased operations. Their tie has now mm-hmm. been ruled a forfeit. Uh, so the professional leagues outside of MLS all enter in the second round. The first round is where teams who qualified there from what we call the open division. Yep. So that is pretty much anyone outside of the, the top three tiers of uh, football in this country they come under the open division now some of those qualify via their league some have to go through the four qualifying rounds that that took place at the end of last year to get in but the beauty of this competition is that ultimately any team that is affiliated with u.s soccer and that has meets some certain minimum pretty minimum requirements uh, outside of the financial which can prove burdensome right to national cup competition finances if you're a sunday league team can be quite difficult but in theory you can enter you can enter the cup you can join in september as they start qualification and, and get around to this point now where professional teams start to enter and we do see that some amateur teams have played i mean lansdowne boys lost today they were playing against uh hartford athletic or they always come up as lansdowne boys on here the lansdowne yonkers mm. um is the name they play under in the cup jacksonville armada another amateur team uh lost to miami fc today um and so it's the only real opportunity that teams from different leagues and different divisions have to play against each other yeah, and it's quite it's quite beautiful. We even saw a bit of a Cinderella run in last year's Open Cup when USL champion side Sacramento Republic went on to face Orlando City in the of, final of the MLS in the final in finals, and they they, they knocked out multiple MLS they teams out, on the way they there. They knocked out what a uh, Galaxy. Uh, they knocked out knocked out LA Galaxy. Um, sporting, sporting. There was one other, I believe, but. Yeah. Regardless, they even held uh, Orlando City to nil-nil at halftime, if my memory serves yeah. me correctly. They yeah. ended up losing 3-0, kind of, you know, uh, oh, floodgates yeah. open a bit, but, like, very valiant showing. And that's something where you just kind of see how m- many more games that these lower sides have to play and just the discrepancy in, I mean, not just talent, but, like, funding, salaries, everything. 
you really do not see this often. You don't. You don't. Um, yeah. I know that Pat's not maybe the biggest fan of Sacramento. We under, right? Again, we understand <laughs> that, but we're, we're, you know, we're, we're not saying we're rooting for Sac, but we're rooting no, for no, a, no. a USL championship side no, to take it. No, 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 no. no? Well, yes, only one USL championship side. I'm not saying. I'm saying in years here past. And it's You're telling rising. me last year that you wanted I, I, to see I an MLS team rather than a USL side. I'd rather see an uh, NPSL team. That's not an option. That wasn't an option in last year's spot. finals. Well, I mean, it could have been at some point. Okay. At some point. Okay. Uh, we were, I'd happily we're see an amateur team make the run. It would be amusing. But um, anyway. But but mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, yeah, you, you're right. It, it's. I mean, the other the important thing about this is that if you get to that final and you win it, you're in the CONCACAF Champions League. That Good is job. huge, right? No, that you have to think about now from Sacramento's perspective from last year. If they'd won that game and they were in the CONCACAF Champions League, A... I mean, look, we, we can talk about would they get embarrassed? I'm sorry. <laughs> MLS already does that with Austin FC losing to Violet. Um, I, I, I just... <laughs> rising as, I hope every team losing in the cup gets cancelled. But yeah, I re- I re- Pat knows I respect the pettiness. I, I really do. That, yeah, I, really I can do. respect that. I can respect that. But <laughs> I, I think that, look, uh, and, and Michael's saying he doesn't think we have a chance at it, but I think Sacramento proved that last year. And that's something that Emil Cuejo said as well. He played in that final. Yeah. He came off the bench for Sacramento Republic in that game. He's now with Phoenix Rising. Um, it, it proved that it's possible. It proved that as a USL team, you can do it. And it, it's something where I think for those of you who aren't big football fans, you got to look at this as like, what if you had March Madness, but instead of all being college basketball teams, you just said, eh, let's just get everyone from the top professional teams down to Parks teams, mm. effectively, can join in. Um, and that's the thing. Because it's one game, they're all one-off games. And because there's always, to some extent, if you've got some degree of infrastructure, the ability to host that game. We saw Sacramento hosted their semifinal last year. You can never rule it out. No. You can never rule out the fact the underdog is going to come out on top. And we see this here. We see this in other cop competitions across the world. I mean, a lot of people were watching Wrexham playing in the FA Cup because of, you know, obviously the documentary on them and all of that kind of content. And that's got them vaguely interested in that club um, who are not one of the best teams in Wales, but we'll move on. Um, it, it's, it's great. There's a lot of history to this competition. I mean, people always talk as well about that as the history of the, uh, the the sport here and how a lot of the times, you know, it feels like we're kind of reaching out for, you know, legitimacy in certain things sure. when everything is so young. Sure. The clubs are, you know, from the 90s at the best. A lot of the clubs are from the late 2000s and the 2010s. Well, this is something with legitimacy. This is something that as a tournament that's run for so long that why, why not lean into that? Why not enjoy all of those storylines? Well, and that's a that's a fair point. Mikey does bring up a fair point that, you know, we're talking about Sac Republic and we do want to see Rising make more of a U.S. Open Cup run. Sadly, last year, these Sac Republic, the Sac Republic that made it to the finals knocked out Rising. Yeah. 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 Any, anything yeah, you'd like did. to highlight on uh, last year's run? Uh, that I was Rising. happy when the plane left Sacramento. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's fair. I get that cue. Um, we do have to talk about of course, Rising's opponent, Greenville Triumph. We do. We Greenville do. Greenville Triumph, they are play in USL League One, so just they below do. USL Championship where Rising plays. And listen, we understand that it is a League One team. We're not going to hear sit around here that it's the same caliber of USL Championship. However, it's not like we're playing some nobody in League One. Greenville Triumph has been very successful 
albeit in that lower league, but in the lower league nonetheless. Uh, they were the runners-up in the league in 2019 and 2021 and winning the whole gosh darn thing in 2020. So they do have that pedigree of success. They do carry over some players from last year. And it's, uh, I mean, hey, listen. They, they won, to be clear, they won that game. Uh, they won the league in, in 2020 because they won the regular season, yes. uh, went to the final. They should have been playing Union Omaha. There was some COVID outbreaks in Union Omaha's side, which uh, sources have indicated are because of... Uh, People going to a bar. Um, that was 2020, so not ideal. And that's, the final was cancelled. That's fair. Well, but, um, we're, Greenville, we're, we're, are, Greenville are a good team for League fair. One. Very and good team. Asterisk or whatnot aside, it's something that, you know, it is a challenging team. And let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. This is, we're also playing like Rising where, you know, they've had a couple of results in two out of three games, but they're still seeking that first win. And for anyone who's saying it's going to be an odd... they played one game. Uh, they've I, played one game, I'm Max. Talking about, I'm talking year. about Rising is oh. seeking their first win. Oh, Greenville. Greenville played one oh, game. Oh, Greenville is also seeking their first win, but yeah. I'm saying Rising is seeking their first one. win. For those people who are saying it's going to be an automatic W or, oh, you're facing oh, a lower league rough. team, it's not. Yeah. It is really a crapshoot. It's something that you have to pay attention to this team. And kind of looking at Greenville and some, uh, you know, anything we can dig up. Anything, they played one game. Yeah, that's, that's kind of anything look, you, you, you can dig up from their game yeah. against Richmond kickers where they lost 1-0. Essentially, Richmond scored very early on and just bunkered in. And that's exactly how the yeah. game unfolded. Yeah, uh, Richmond got the goal in that one 12 minutes into the game. And when you actually look at what happened from there, they didn't create that many chances. They created one chance in the entire second half. Greenville did have chances in that game. They couldn't put them away. But the thing is, they were also missing some people. Um, let's, let's have a little bit actually into what what sure uh what what they came out with they came out in a 4-4-2 in that game greenville again it's one game how much do we read into it not sure um it's a 4-4-2 it did look somewhat like a 4-4-2 because sometimes you never know how things are described and how the average positions work out and all of that it did look a bit like a 4-4-2 those wingers though did come quite narrow um at times they, they they did pinch inside um to try and add some more bodies into the middle um but, but yes, they came out as a 4-4-2. Uh, they were missing a few players that really were, were pretty big in terms of what they did last year. Um, Alan Gavilanis, he missed the match. He's one of the more creative minds in that Greenville squad. He created over 50 chances last mm. year. He had four assists. He scored four. So the assists and the, the goals, maybe not the best numbers, but when you're creating 54 chances, I believe, over the, the course of a USL season, you know, that's someone who's... Who's really a dangerous player in the in the build-up? I mean, uh, Jacob Labovitz, who who came off the bench against Richmond, he scored twelve goals for them last year and created fifteen chances as well himself for two assists. That was in his first professional season last year, by the way. And that's a theme here, right? Greenville has a pretty young team. Um, it's to be expected. They're in League One. There's a lot of guys in the squad who are like first year out of college, or you know, they they're very close to that. They're in their early twenties. Um, yep. Few people who aren't necessarily in that way. Um, Tyler Pollack in defense. He's been with Greenville since 2019. He was previously, you just run through the list of clubs FC Cincinnati, New England Revolution, Rochester Rhinos, Minnesota United. He was he played actually for the US under 20s. Mm. So look, expect him to be involved. When he when he's out there, he's a defender. He, he was involved in over six duels per game yep. last year. He won 58% of them. But he's not necessarily the best in the air. So, yeah. 
Um, I mean, you look at other people as well. Uh, Leonardo Castro, actually, is a new option up top. Just join them. Um, Colombian striker, most recently prior to playing for Greenville, was playing for Kaiser Chiefs in South Africa. Scored 29 goals over several years of, down there. Um, played in the CAF Champions League as well. So, yeah, no, he's got a bit of a pedigree there. And uh, some others as well, just to kind of chuck in there. Venton Evans, he intrigues me. He's a Jamaican defensive midfielder. Uh, someone who scored six goals last year for assists. Defensive midfielder scoring six hmm. goals. That ain't bad. No. That ain't bad. That ain't bad at all. Um, looking any others, let's see here. A couple of returners who did come in. There's Noah Frank, who was a returner, didn't play very much last year due to injuries. Another defender. And then a couple of guys they picked up from elsewhere. Devin Boyce in the midfield from Memphis 901. Mm-hmm. Felt a bit more of a periphery kind of guy at Memphis 901 last year in that midfield. Didn't really do very much. Didn't play as much as mm-hmm. that one in. It's Kevin Shaw from Tucson. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another option in midfield. He was actually capped by Jamaica. Oh, He's been capped by the full Jamaican national team. Oh, little, so. little Kev Lambert. Uh, from yeah, the area. A crossover okay, there, perhaps. Okay. Uh, see if he has yeah, to okay. stick the leg in. What happens? Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's fair. It's game, game, games are ruthless. Well, the other thing to note, yes. actually, and this is one thing going back to that Richmond game, is that Richmond's goalkeeper from last year, Paul Christensen, he retired. Yeah. Uh, they had to play Jared Mazzola in that game against Richmond um, because Ben Hale, their other goalkeeper, wasn't in the matchday squad. Yeah. Um, not sure why, not sure on the full details of quite what's behind that, but yeah, it's... Look, they only had six on the bench in that game, mm-hmm. Greenville. Um, so when you look at some of this stuff, you wonder about is the depth always there? Um, and that's a big problem, actually, for teams at that level. The budgets are not big. Um, we talk about USL Championship budgets not being big. In USL League One, you, you're talking smaller again. Yeah. It's why you've got so many young guys. It's why the squad doesn't really extend out, perhaps, in the way that it does um, at certain clubs that you play against in the championship. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm intrigued. Look, it's such a small sample to deal yeah. with. One game this season. One game for a team that got knocked out in the playoffs uh, first round, I think, last year. Yeah. Um, we just haven't seen enough. And that that could be a problem here as well, because that one game wasn't last weekend. It was actually a week and a half ago. So they're going to come in rested against a Phoenix Rising team that is very much not rested. Um, and they, they're going to have a degree of a surprise factor possibly around them. We don't really know quite what to expect. <laughs> 100%. Well, and I mean, even kind of seeing in the chat, right? This is not a team to be taken lightly. D. Goalie, John Harks, manager of Greenville Triumph. They are very good. Former... Uh, speaking of speaking of manager, actually, uh, Juan Guerra, manager of Oakland Roots last mm-hmm. season, who fell 2-0 uh, yes. in their second round mm-hmm. Open Cup game to Greenville Triumph. Good shout, good shout. That game in Greenville. Mm-hmm. Seeing, uh, yep, Mikey. Um, Digali as well, actually, there. Sorry, just with, we yes. struggled against Valley United last year. Greenville will be better. Yeah, they will be. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot better. Absolutely. Night and day. Mikey, Mikey, we struggle against non-professional teams in this cup. They're a professional team. Don't be mean I to them. I know. It's kind of harsh. Uh, Jose, you look at that. He's actually getting our scouting report and Suns at the same time. A little of the synchronicity with the Suns brew. Um, we're just going to move really quickly past the, uh, whoever's Sam Bear. I don't know who that is. What is Max's cheese out of the week? Uh, we, you know, she's trying to revive that. Uh, He's allegedly. very cheesy. He's always very yeah, cheesy. Well, we're not doing that. Um, moving, we moving on Riley quickly. No, we'll uh, go back to that after. Uh, uh, no, we're not. Uh, and then McV, I think we have one remaining player from that lineup last year. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of turnover. Again, anyone's game. But that's actually a great transition into how is Rising going to switch up their lineup from even last 
week, or I should say Saturday, after their 2-2 draw um, at home. Curious how we think that's going to switch up because we did hear that Danny Trejo and Darnell King should be available for tomorrow's match. So there's a bit of transition in guys who Danny Trejo, starter, Darnell King has been starting slash would be featuring heavily. You also could have potential, you know, rotation through goalkeeper, number nine, and really trying to figure out which midfielders. So will we maybe see some of the young guys? What is your take on who we might see for tomorrow, especially knowing that it is a Greenville team that's kind of an anomaly? Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because the problem is you're stuck in with the... um with the rotations in some way, right? Because you, you've got it sandwiched between two games on the weekends, either side. Um, there's no way that they're going to play, especially with the injury issues that Rising have had. Uh, there's no way they're going to play people like 90, 90, 90. It's not, a few might be able to do it, but a sure. good number of them just aren't going to be able to do that. I'd be intrigued to see if we see Jackson Conway play more of a role. Yeah, um, that was my it's something show. that we, I think, wanted to see maybe ahead of the San Diego yeah. second clash. And then Manuel Asiago kind of proved us wrong. Um, but but this is a cup game. I'm expecting that we're going to see rotation. Wrong. I'm expecting that of the weaker uh, teams that we're going to... Well, of, of, the, of the, the weaker squads we're going to see this week is going to come against Greenville Triumphs. Yep. Uh, and they're going to put a slightly weaker team out, I'd have thought. Um uh, um, I'm trying to think now who else could we see? Eddie Manjoma might yep. see a bit more playing time. We, we haven't seen a huge amount. We've seen him come off the bench twice, uh, but I haven't really been able to see him too much. I think Darnell King actually could feature a bit I more think, in I, this. I figure I figure honestly he might start, especially leading, especially if it's a with a number of guys who maybe aren't featuring regularly or not starting regularly. Could be a nice solid, solidifying presence um, as that captain out there. I, I will say this, D- Erickson Gallardo, perfect example. Yeah. yeah, I'd be interested to see Gallardo. I mean, the other thing to note, though, with these, um, you've always got to be careful in a cup game like this um, about planning for minutes in some ways because, obviously, if it's level at the end of 90 minutes, you're playing 30 more minutes. Um, when you've got guys that you're easing back from injury, as if the game is even close to being possibly... Yeah, turned around, possibly close to being leveled. Um, you've got to be very wary about what you do in terms of giving someone a ten minute run out because a yeah. ten minute run out becomes a forty minute run out. I, and yeah. that's quite a difference. I at believe that point. I believe the discrepancy, at least how I see it, is I you do not look at the it depends how you well, it depends how you prioritize the open cap. Rising from what we've seen in the past and regardless of the results. It sounds like, for all intents and purposes, it's a team who they want to win trophies across the board. They want to prioritize the Open Cup. This isn't just a throwaway game to them. Knowing that, or thinking that, you don't just trot out someone as a tune-up game. Or, hey, you're coming back from injury. Let's give you 10-minute run out, and then we're really going to play you further in the championship. I could be wrong, but that is how I, I personally would approach it. And I can imagine that with a squad, you're trying to rotate, you're trying to work guys in. You don't want to just throw someone to the wolves when they're not in a position to succeed in this mm-hmm. type of match. Even if it is a Greenville triumph, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. I like how the chat, by the way, is giving us these score updates. Memphis win! Always, what? Memphis Whoa! managed to 100%. get the win late by the sound. Oh, over. my word. Knox, it hasn't appeared on my screen as of yet, but of course... Oh, Ilya Ilyich, 
Ilya Illich should equalize Nox, the Knoxville from, from the spot. Man, they made that almost, a good game. Um, Shoot. Disappointing. Can we shout out the fact that Club de Leon, with 12 players, 12 uh, to, to, to clarify, on, 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 the, on the squad, not they're not playing with 12 players, it'd be higher. And they've illegal. already made this sub. Oh, dear they've gosh. They've already made this sub. Beauty Club de Leon. Hey, you know that line is on BetMGM. You can you let, let's see what oh it is. Oh my god! Right but was, they've already made this sub. Stall, Owen, stall. Hang on, hang on. They've already made this sub. They have had fifty-six percent possession against San Antonio. I know San Antonio sit back, but this isn't one of those games you play that way. Because San Antonio have only had three shots. They haven't had a shot on target yet. Club de Leon only have 12 players. Half their team were cup-tied, right? Because Club de Leon, for those of you who don't know, Club de Leon uh, had an amateur team. They, they, they started as an amateur team. They joined Nisa this year, um, oh. and they still have an amateur team playing oh dear, in the lower levels. Oh, dear levels. gosh. Oh, dear gosh. You can get Club de Leon to win outright on BetMGM plus 825. It's nil-nil at halftime. Yeah. Well, hold on. I will say this, though. Uh -huh. You can get San Antonio FC to just win the game at minus 190. Yeah. That's not bad. No, Compared not. to what it was before this yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. I, I, oh, man. That's, that's mystifying. San Antonio have a lower pass accuracy. San Antonio are completing 50% of their passes. They've put, don't get me wrong, they've got a heavily rotated side, San Antonio FC, but they don't seem to have that many subs themselves. <laughs> oh, if they get knocked out, God. I am <laughs> mystified, but we'll see. We'll see. And mystified. Oh, this no. is why I love the cup, right? This so is why we back, back to the point that I was making earlier. Yeah, Club de Leon have very few players because they have an amateur team. They started as an amateur team that play in the lower levels. That team's still playing in the lower levels. They entered the qualifiers um, in September, but once you've played for a club mm. in any given edition of the Open Cup, you can't move. You are cup-tied. So, nice. as a perfect example now, if Rising was to acquire a player from... I don't know, Memphis, who played in this game today. Yes. Too late, done. You can't play. You can play in the league, can't play in the cup. You can only play for one team in each edition of the cup. Good to know. And that's a pretty common rule around cup competitions around a lot of the world. Hmm. So that's it's not anything particularly weird. Um, same thing happens in the FA Cup, the League Cup, all of that. You can play for one team. You know what? I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a curmudgeon. And I think I'm gonna take uh, take San Antonio on that one. It sounds too good to be true. Uh, you're the one booing. You're the one saying, "Oh, Rising would be happy with a draw on their first match at home." Get out of here, man. You're a hater. Well, yeah, I'm gonna place a bet. I'm gonna look really foolish if they come on board. But going back to Rising, <laughs> Max, Max, what? You're gonna look really foolish if they. Uh... Yeah, Please. if you come, yeah, if I come, yeah, I'll look for That's okay. Okay, not the first, not the last. Hey, anyway, exactly. Uh, that was kind of the point. Yeah, I was yeah, we get there. it. Uh, but no, uh, going back to rising, you know, something they gotta just work towards. It's gonna be interesting how they line up tactically. I personally think you're gonna see, I'd say somewhere in the neighborhood of five to six subs, maybe a little bit more. But we'll see what happens. Um, it's the beauty of the cup. Sometimes you just gotta roll up your sleeves, get it done. Hope uh, you, those who like on audio, here we go. But speaking of rolling up your sleeves and just getting it done, you know, man, sometimes it's just about relaxing. It's not about rolling up your sleeves. It's actually the reverse of that. Really, it's taking 
some OG's brands, our friends at OG's. They got all kinds of stuff. The Happy Balance gummies, for those of you who are looking at a little bit of a balance, a little bit of CBD to THC, that one-to-one ratio, looking to chill out, get that full body feeling. Uh, they also got the Sleep Edition. For those of you who are like, hey, maybe it's been a long game. You're watching that Memphis game. It goes 123rd minute. You're just exhausted and you want to take an OG's afterwards just to chill out, go to sleep. Bam. That's what you can do. Um, But hey, I would say you be sure to look out on our social channels and across our shows on Thursday because we have a special announcement with our friends at OG's Brands because it is, is official they do have their Happy Balance gummies, our lives on the shelves. You can find them at your local dispensary by checking out ogsbrands.com. You must be 21 years or older to enjoy. But again, check out on Thursday. Got a really cool announcement going on with them. Buds of Palooza is around the corner um, next Friday on April 14th. So uh, there's a little teaser, another teaser. Be on the lookout for them. And by the way, be on the lookout for our friends at Valley Tapping. You heard that we announced them on Saturday. We uh, had copious beers with them last uh, Tuesday. It was a very enjoyable time. Uh, you even said that you would possibly go to trivia next Tuesday. Did I hear that right? It's a very likely one at this point. So if you want to come out, come out, do trivia. See if you can do better than uh, than me. Uh, Super and, easy. Uh, I see. Have, have a few drinks and uh, talk some Phoenix Rising. I'm sure we'll. Uh... I hear if you go, Owen will buy you a beer. I didn't say that. Oh, I hear you buy. Owen will buy him a beer because Max is getting them tomorrow. Wait, no, you can't just turn this. You can't just turn this on. Of course I can. I will not. No, I always do. You're gonna buy him a beer. I always do. I always do. All right. Well, you're gonna go to Valley Tap Room and tell them it was Max. Max sent you. Get out of here for our East Valley friends. We are super excited to partner with them. They are hosting a pub crawl this Saturday, the eighth, starting at noon, and then they're gonna be having some live music starting at six o'clock. So check them out. Rising's games on Sunday this week. Yes. So it doesn't even. Is that, you yes, can go to the pub crawl on the say, Saturday. You've I'll, got a free Saturday. Go. When when their guy Donald texts me that, I'm like, Donald, man, you know that we that Rising plays on Saturday. I'm like, wait, wait a second. They usually play on Saturdays, but not, Sunday this not, week. not this week. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's when they play. But check them out on Saturday. Check out Valley Tap Room on Saturday for the pub crawl at noon and then live music at 6 in the northeast corner of the 202 and Gilbert Road. Super fun time. Nice outdoor patio. The weather is freaking nice. Like, go enjoy it. Tell him we send you. Uh, tell Donald what's up. Good guy. Uh, Owen will buy you a beer. Okay, cool. Um, going off of that, what are some notable results from around the league we want to touch on? Uh, what if I get the Open Cup? Let's look we'll at the start at the Open Cup first because that's timely. I know we're, happening we're right spouting now. out different stats here and there. Uh, anyone, by the way, send us updates, please, as they come in, especially now that I have a bet active on BetMGM. Let me know. Let me yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we've got San Antonio still nil-nil, as we said. Miami FC got the result of a Jacksonville Armada, 3-1. to one. Hartford Athletic getting it over the uh, Lansdowne Yonkers, 3-0. Uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies meeting Nona, 2-0. Detroit City getting the win over Gold Star Detroit, 1-0. And it's late in the day there, so Flower City Union, 3-1 over Manhattan. Looks like it's going to stand. That'll be the result there. Charleston Battery at the moment, battering Savannah Clovers. That's a mean Uh, It's 4-1, five minutes to play there. And early doors, still the first half, but it is uh, New Mexico United. Looks like they're taking the goal away from Greg Hurst. Um, Giving it to Jose Ariel Sosa instead, uh, Justin Portillo with a penalty to make it 2-0 there as they approach the break. One other game tonight, open route against El Farolito. El Farolito, a former winner of this tournament, actually, under the the name CD Mexico back in 
1993. Some other big games coming up tomorrow as we look around. You've got India 11, Michigan Stars. Louisville City against Lexington. Loudoun United against North Carolina. Charlotte Independence against Appalachian FC. Uh, you've got the Bobcats taking on Ocean City Nor'easters. Chattanooga Red Wolves against Birmingham Legion. That'll be an interesting one to watch for obvious reasons. Oh. Rising playing them on Sunday. Oh. Uh, South Georgia Tormenta playing RGV. Hold up, um, uh, Mikey just sent a boo with three exclamation points. Uh, Mikey, I imagine it's taking the goal away from Greg. Harris. I was gonna say, I figured just yeah, make sure oh. to clarify your boo, please, uh, or just direct it at Owen with no context. We're fine with that too. Go on, go on. Uh, Union Omaha playing El Paso tomorrow. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Damon Manis playing Chattanooga. Tulsa Athletic against FC Tulsa. It's the Tulsa Derby. That one at five Arizona time. Tulsa Colorado Derby. Springs switchbacks against Northern Colorado Hailstorm. My gosh. There we go. That's actually... That's Vegas wow, Lights hosting name. LA Force. San Diego Loyal hosting Albion San Diego. Um, Sacramento a Republic. A lot of derbies. Crossfire Redmond. Uh, Orange County playing uh, Capo, which is... Uh, I believe they're from... Uh, Ooh, somewhere nearby. Somewhere else in Orange Someone County. Someone tell us where Capo is. It's somewhere else in Orange County they're from. Um, Central Valley Fuego playing Monterey Bay. There is a Thursday game then, which is Richmond Kickers against Cleveland. That game, by mm. the way, uh, prior to that game is the draw the third round yeah. of the cup uh, I mean, the pre-game show for that one will be the draw for the third round of the cup when Phoenix Rising, if they get through, will be put in the hat. Um, potentially could draw an MLS team. Anyone who gets through could potentially draw an MLS team. Are they actually uh, drawn out of the hat? Like, no. Hat? I just want to clarify. No, that would, be, that would be amusing. No, they would shuffle you? envelopes so instead. We make it a top and it's weird. We envision a top hat. Uh, yes, yeah, Diego is Capistrano. There we go. Thank you, Diego. Um, and then there's one game from today that was postponed a couple of days ago because of weather conditions that were expected. Ford Madison taking on Chicago House next week. Hmm. That's the full rundown of the U.S. Open Cup games this week. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of games. A lot of games going on. Well, my word. Well, uh, thank you for breaking down all those different games. Uh, So much to keep track of and a lot of stuff to keep track of with what we got going on today. Appreciate it. See a lot of diehards in the chat. Those who have been following our content, appreciate you guys. Um, If you want to become a diehard today, check out phnxlocker.com to grab your membership. Receive exclusive content discounts on all events. That's 20% off all events, 20% off all merch. Uh, again, Coyote shirts out there, some good rising stuff. Some more merch to be dropped this week. Wait, what? Oh my gosh, what did I just say? Um, but yeah, check out all that. You can use your Die Hard discount to receive that discount. And it, you also get access to our Discord chats, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, we're doing more events with our friends at BetMGM. So check out everything again. We give priority to our diehards there. We want everyone to be involved, but you get a lot of nice extra added value for our friends who are diehards. So thank you guys so much. Please check us out at phnxlocker.com. Buddy, we had quite a show. Um, we are going to be live again. This man is this man is watching Open Cup right now. He wants to see my BetMGM uh, bet bet lose, fail. Yeah. How dare he? Um, he wants to. He now wants to root for the underdog. Now he does. Um, oh, we do. We well, do. Now, yeah, now he does. It's uh, not, not underdogs that Rising actively compete with. This man knows how. This man. This man. Uh, anyway, we are going to be live uh, tomorrow after the Open Cup concludes. Um, look forward. Well, to the Open Cup game concludes. What's up? They're not winning the cup tomorrow, Max. <laughs> 
Oh, sorry. Yes, the game confused. Yeah, you can play once and you win the whole dang thing. No. Uh, yes, the the game the game concludes. There are some clubs that might act like that, but Phoenix Rising is this not is one fair. of them. We will see if Rising can triumph over Greenville. But bang. Uh, but yes, we're looking forward to that. Dollar beer night. Let's not bury Dollar the beer league. night. Burr, burr, burr. Those who like beers at a dollar price point. Oh wow! Thank you, producer Shana. Those who like beers at a dollar price point, enjoy that tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. I think it's Shane, really cool. You coming out tomorrow. Uh, I'm still a TBD. I got a. I got another show at 6 p.m. To man, oh. man is a. But he might rush over and uh, you know those those dollar beers you can get for him quite yeah, quickly. We I don't mean, yet know, by the way, D Gully. Sorry, how many tickets are sold? You don't want to see me on Dollar Beer Night. I mean, you, you didn't want to see me oh, last do. time with the Bud Lights. You don't want to see me this time. Yeah, well, it's fair. That's fair. Well, maybe we do. Maybe shout, we, shout out maybe to Dollar Beer Nights of old. Maybe it has been a couple how... years. It's been a while, folks. It's been a while. We want to see y'all out there with a, out there with a dollar beer in hand. And just a reminder for our shows this week, right? We're going live again, like I mentioned, during post-game tomorrow. You'll then catch us on Friday um, for a little bit of Open Cup uh, recap as well as a preview to Sunday's match against Birmingham Legion. Then you will see us on Sunday after that match post-game to recap everything. So again, tomorrow, Friday, and Sunday. I will leave you with this, and I would love the chat's participation. Your favorite soccer movie it could be a documentary i would like to get your guys's uh impromptu answers if you have one burning if you need more time i'm happy to give mine to start i i was actually too busy thinking about you what cheese you were this week oh my gosh no all right my uh a very good uh soccer movie and uh you know this is kind of an underrated one but i think it's just stupid and hilarious kicking and screaming with will ferrell it is quite a good one and if you want a documentary Mm -hmm. um it's actually quite the opposite of a Will Ferrell movie. It's kind of dark, but the uh, the Hillsborough uh, disaster movie. On, that's very dark. Uh, let wow, me finish. Let, it is, let me finish. It is a well constructed documentary, and it is like wait, a, which one now? Which one? Uh, a lot of the one on uh, the thirty for thirty. It is. Uh, I think. Okay, it, yes, I, I think yeah. it's. I think it's actually very well done, and it's just mm-hmm. something where like I don't know to see what went on and such a like what that meant to a community. Again, it's like very opposite, very dark, but like very well done also Marad- the maradona documentary is also fantastic yeah the Mar- maradona seems more fun it's kind of in the, um, it's kind of in the middle of like those two i gave you like extremes then the maradona one is in the middle again dark but hey people it, died, it's good max oh my god like, okay i'm sorry that i appreciate good documentaries i'm not saying it's just a fact okay uh, we'll whatever we'll i speak my truth though and do you have a favorite no you're, i'm just gonna let you finish you're a you're a bender you're a bender like beckham i can i can i can tell just gonna let you think. All right, Shane, do you have a favorite soccer doc, sir? Kicking and screaming is for kicking, sure. Kicking and screaming. One. Let's go. Chat. Damn United. See that the big green? I'm actually not familiar with the big green. That's uh, I'll have to check that one out. But anyway, thank you guys for ooh, the fr- ooh, the fr- there we go. <laughs> well, appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, got a lot to, that we went through today. Again, catch us tomorrow for everything going on. You can follow myself at max david simpson you can follow this guy here at oj evans 18 but we're seeing a couple come in late unrivaled red wings and avalanche once and then also once in a lifetime the story of the new york cosmos andrew baker thank you for that suggestion um i will have to look that up because i'm all about some cosmos stuff so i will definitely like to check that one out um you guys can check us out at phnx underscore underscore rising because 
Double the underscores. Double the fun. Yeah, double the underscores, double and the it fun. it will be double the fun if uh, Max loses his bat. All right, on that note, let's make like a tree and get the heck out of here. I appreciate you guys joining us, and we will catch you guys tomorrow. But until then, adios. May the open cup be with you. <laughs>